This is the Real Leadership Podcast, a conversation about getting authentic, being yourself, and not being afraid of who you are, with Mark LaBusque and Kate Bora. Okay, welcome everyone. It's Kate Bora, founder and CEO of Young Professional Women Australia. And of course, I'm joined by Mark LaBusque, the human manager. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to speak with you. So, Mark, I saw on um, Facebook recently, you're in a room with 150 leaders in quite a prominent organisation talking about this whole, it's a bit of a new word, humanivate or humanivation. Tell us a little bit more about what that looks like. Okay, thanks. So, um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was invited by a a large organisation to get me to talk to their top 150 managers. The day they were happening was around innovation and they're, they're facing into some challenges and they were looking at how they were going to become more innovative to face those challenges. I posed this question to them first, which was, what are you doing about innovating yourselves first? And um, I did get a a couple of quizzical looks at that. And when I introduced the word, which I said uh, was humanivate, to humanivate themselves. And they were like, well, what do you mean, Mark? And I said, well, in order for us to innovate externally and start to change the way that we face our customers and create a better customer experience. I have a strong belief that we first must innovate ourselves. So that was the question I posed, and what are you doing to innovate yourselves at the moment? And um, we opened up to a about 90 minutes of a very interactive conversation, which ended with them doing some, uh, doing some work around innovating themselves. So when we're talking about innovating the self, is it in terms of, you know, efficiency of my workplace, processes, or what do you mean by innovate self? Great question. So really for me, the innovation from a personal perspective was really based around moving from, I think, where we are today, Kate, which is all about doing. It's about doing things. And and doing is important because we need to, perform tasks and we need to do the technical things to in order for our businesses to move forward. What I suggested to the group was that the innovation was really moving from such a focus on doing things and having a to-do list to what you were being. Now, what I mean by that is how you're turning up as a human being, how you are interacting with other human beings, whether they be your peers, whether they be your direct boss, or most importantly, whether they be those people who are reporting to you. So it was really challenging to move from looking always at, in our very, very busy lives, at our to-do lists and start to create a list of things that you're going to be. Yeah, great concept. Um, I think, you know, in so many organisations, innovate, collaboration, they're all the buzzwords. Interesting, even when you start to dig beneath collaboration, I was talking with some clients in the last week around this, you know, we want our people to collaborate, yet, you know, how do they know what to collaborate on, so the subject, and who to collaborate with? It's kind of just left as this big generic topic that's important because we know that if we collaborate, uh, we get better outcomes, but we're not really breaking down this whole concept to what does it mean at an individual level to collaborate. So if I'm particularly, you know, on the front line or first level up, what does collaboration look like at that level? And a big piece of that sits in actually showing up and being present and how do I operate, how do I function? And you write so much of innovation has sat around process improvement and in the doing and not actually how do I show up personally in a different way that means we're going to get a different outcome, which is even more important. 
in this kind of time where we're at in in corporate organisations where no, no end of information overload, no end of things to do, how do we actually get that better thinking? And, you know, that comes in the being. We have a saying, you know, improve thinking, improve performance. But traditionally that's really sat you know, around that process improvement thing rather than actually let's get some great brains around the table and have a really good conversation. So talk to me about, you know, innovation or humanovation and collaboration. What's the connection there? What's the distinction? Okay. So um, really interestingly, I think, well, as you said, the collaboration is a, is a word that's been overused. And, and, and I think there's this confusion that collaboration is about coming to some sort of consensus or agreeing with someone. And I remember my days back when I was in, in a corporate and, you know, we would take collaboration very seriously. And if you said that someone wasn't collaborating, it usually meant that they maybe not, they had maybe not agreed with you, which, which is, is not the way to look at collaboration. In respect to humanovation and collaboration, I think the humanovation piece is about looking at your intention. So how do you turn up? What is your intention when you turn up into a, a setting where, there, where collaboration is required? And if you turn up with good intention, and that is that you are going to end up making some progress that will not just serve yourself, but may serve others, whether it be another team, another individual, or another organisation. And it may well be that you don't come out of it as well as somebody else does, but you've, you've done the right thing by another human being. So you've turned up with good intention. And I think that's part of the humanization piece is we need to start to assume that others turn up with good intention rather than walking into a room with a new project and looking around the room and thinking, well, you know, I've had some history with those people. Therefore, this experience isn't going to be that good. I think that holds organisations back from making the progress they want. The other thing I'd say to this is that it's really about how present you are. And I'll give you an example. When I spoke two weeks ago, I did get the group to write a to-do list and a to-be list. And I, I shared my to-do list for that day. And my, my to-do list was pretty simple. It was get out of bed, have some breakfast, you know, have shower and dress and turn up on time to talk at this um, leadership off-site. So they're the things I had to do on the day. But when I talked to them about how I wanted to be on that day, that changed a bit and it changed their perspective. I said, I'm going to be authentic because I believe that a lot of the people in the room had come across me before and they would know if I was being authentic or not. And authenticity is, is a critical platform to get people to start to believe you. I said, I'm going to be present, which meant that I'm going to make sure I'm in the room when I'm there and I'm, I'm going to be well engaged with the group. And the last one I said is, I'm going to be provocative today. And that was with good intention so that we would start some conversations that whilst many people in the room may not agree with the approach, it would, it would start some healthy debate, some healthy conflict and would allow us to maybe look at some different perspectives. And I guess this is where the tie-up between humanovate or humanovation and collaboration comes is in some respects I was offering a hell of a lot about myself before we even started any type of meeting. And I think that's one thing that's missing today. You know, as we were working through innovation and trying to improve the customer experience, we keep forgetting the employee experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about that piece. 
Okay. And the collaboration piece. Okay. So I keep hearing about innovations about the customer experience, and I get that because we want to create an experience for our customers that in some way will differentiate the product or service we're offering from the competitors and therefore, you know, put us in a, in a position where people will buy from us. I think we need to step back a bit again, though, around collaboration, and that's this whole piece that we need to start with the employee experience. And, you know, I hear a lot talked about human-centred design and, and putting the human in front of everything that's being done, but I still think organisationally we're looking at the human being the customer and not the human being the employee. If we want to get true collaboration within organisations, we need to start the innovation at looking at the employee experience. So what is it that the employee can bring to the innovation process that we, that maybe me as a manager may not have seen because I'm not close enough to the customer at this point in time? So I really think, Kate, there it's about hearing the voices of the humans in your organisation and that they're being the employees, understanding the employee experience. And as I talked about collaboration before, maybe taking their perspective as the one that's the right way to go in order to create a better experience for the customer. Because you know, I have a firm belief that the closer we are to the customer, the closer we are to the truth. And most of our frontline staff are the ones that are as close to the customer as we can get. But we need to collaborate more with them. And instead of telling them what we think needs to be done, we should start to ask them more. Yeah, and that certainly has been, I see in a lot of engagement survey work that I do, you know, consult with us more. Um, we're on yes. the line, we have the information, you're making changes without even talking to us. We actually are the ones in the best position to be able to give you the information that will tell you with whether these change initiatives will work or will not work. And it's the unconscious message that it sends when we don't, connect and consult with those people that you know we don't value it or we don't we don't even we're not not even connected enough to know that they actually would have that information that could be valuable yeah and I think if you think about humanization there that comes down to being more empathetic because putting yourself in the shoes of the employee looking through their eyes and seeing what they see and I think that um, you know there's a lot of managers and, and put myself included in that many years ago who could have done with a bit of human innovation around empathy because I think that, you know, you've just spelled it out. It's in every engagement survey. It's We just want our managers to listen to us and understand our position and, and perhaps that's not happening as much as it needs to. Yeah. So am I right? I kind of hear two key themes in this whole concept of human One is as an organisation, how do we start to take a more human approach to the way we do business? and actually use our people to facilitate innovation outcomes. And, is, and the second one is, as an individual, how do I actually look at the way I execute, moving away from perhaps this whole doing and actually looking at, yes, the doing is important, but actually there's an opportunity here for me to show up differently. And if I show up differently in the being and be more conscious around that, actually things will start to shift and change for the better. Absolutely. So let me start. This, this phrase I use around the whole idea of that being creates better doing. So because we work in such a busy world today, we tend to go to what we do. And, you know, 
our to-do lists and these sorts of things, So, which are important, but we need to step back from that and just look in and go, you know what, it's going to start with how I turn up and what I'm being or who I'm being every moment that I am engaging with another human in the business, whether it be the employees or whether it be our customers, our shareholders, how do I choose to turn up? And I think that you've hit on the two critical areas. I just think at the moment, Kate, what we do is we are putting the, the doing before the being. And I think if we put the being before the doing, and I'm talking from personal experience here now, the significant impact that has on discretionary effort from other human beings who who see that you turn up with good intention, they see that you turn up and you're present, you're in the room with them. They can see that you're compassionate and empathetic, uh, you're caring for them, but also at times you're challenging them and you may be provocative. So I firmly believe that if we can just get managers and organisations to start to spend some more time around putting being before doing, that in essence is really what humanivation or humanivating yourself is about. Yeah, nice one. And and so how is it, we'll talk a little bit about the how-to because I think sometimes these concepts can be a little bit generic and particularly when we talk about how do I actually go and do this in a practical daily basis. How is it different, I guess? Uh, mindfulness is a very popular topic in terms of, you know, corporate uh, efficiency, effectiveness, all those sorts of things. When you think about the two in terms of this being versus mindfulness, what comments do you have there? Okay, so I think that mindfulness plays a part in being able to make this humanivate or humanivation change in some respects because it's the ability just to be able to sit for a period without having a very busy mind that is full of to-do lists. And it's more about just being able to stay in the moment and just clear your mind out. And, and potentially, if anything's in there, it's just more about thinking about the very next time you walk into a meeting, you walk through the doors of your organisation, who are you choosing to be? How are you going to turn up with better intention? How are you going to turn up with a perhaps a cleaned up story about the people or the teams or the organisations that you're dealing with. So I think that even if you're sitting for five or ten minutes a day at the start of the day, which I think is a you know, mindfulness practice, but how do you start to think more about the being than you know the 20 things you've got on your to-do list that, that you might have picked up your um, laptop at 7am and started to go through? So I think there's, a, there's absolutely a connection here with, with some sort of mindfulness training or methodology it's really getting back to thinking of self and how you turn up more so than thinking about the things you're going to do on the day yeah absolutely um and so i hear you know one of that the steps in terms of how to step more into this being concept or piece is you know that intention setting i know your piece around i'm going to be provocative going to be authentic i'm going to be present a couple of years ago i went to a um personal development conference at the beginning of the day had to set an intention and we carried that on for quite a long time after we used to text it some of the participants from the program we used to text in the, in at the beginning of the day just saying you know today my intention is to be grateful or to be open and I think it's a really you know it doesn't take a lot of time yet just that taking the conscious moment to stop connect be present and set an intention of how you want to show up has yeah. such a yeah, an important piece around what follows as a function of doing that. So how else 
you know, to people who are looking at actually stepping more into the being, what else can they do to start to integrate this in terms of how, how they can start to up their game professionally? I think they need to create the awareness about that very first question in their day, which is how am I going to be today versus what am I going to do today? Because this is what sort of say below the neck sort of work. It's around the heart and the gut area. It's just this whole concept of I have a choice today about how I turn up. I know I've got a whole lot of things that I have to complete in my day as well, but they may be done a hell of a lot easier if I turn up with good intention and not only that but I also turn up believing that other humans that I'm dealing with today are also turning up with good intention so there's something here Kate about altering and changing the story that you choose to turn up with you know I love the fact that you did that little piece of work around what's my intention today I when I walked into this keynote two weeks ago the first question I asked him is how are you going to be today and they all looked at me a bit strange because they're used to me asking them, what are you going to do? So that would tell me that we need to start to heighten the awareness about a different question at the start of each day. How will you choose to be? How are you going to be today versus, you know, what are you going to do? Which is still an important question, but it should come after the be or the being question. Yeah. I think it's an awareness piece. I hear it's just that real conscious choice around. Yeah, absolutely. Show up and play and get things done. And how do I, you know, go about doing that? I think that's an important piece of how do you ritualise the concept because, you know, everyone's got busy minds per se. And there's great things, you know, I've done personal in the past. Um, you can get these texts you can write on um, mirrors, so, you know, on the bathroom mirror, you know, writing, you know, how do I choose to be today as a trigger to yes. thinking or post-it notes in their showers. Um, showers are a great place to do these sorts of things. Um, yep. and, you know, a minute of just kind of sitting and being present and, and asking yourself that question and lots of other great apps or reminders that can pop up on your phone that can, you know, trigger that type of presencing to connect in and, and really position yourself. So and and I, I also think as a manager, if you're managing a team, I think it's in some respects relying on you to go first. So if you're in a meeting, let, let's start a meeting with going around the room about how we're going to be in this meeting. And, and as the manager, you go first and say, you know what, today I'm, I choose to be vulnerable in this meeting because you know, I'm struggling with some of these concepts and I actually don't think I have the answers. You're giving people permission to step into that space and help you out. I think that's useful. It's a bit like this call for us today, Kate, you know, how we choose to be on this call. Um, could we be doing other things that we, we thought were more important? Well potentially, but we choose to be cooperating here. We choose to be present and listening to each other. Other than me, you know, thinking I've got to get off this call in five minutes because I've got other things I need to do, I think that would show out on the call. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you talk a little bit about the concept of being in your book, The Human Manager. Do you want to just reference that a little bit? Yeah, look, Right at the start, I talk about this whole idea of robots. Robots do and humans be. And, and I go through this whole idea that we have, in fact, created robots in organisations for the past 100 years because we are so tied to this whole concept of doing and busyness and, you know, we need to do late nights and we need to do early mornings and we need to do layoffs and we need to do off-sites and we need to do 
all sorts of things. And that's what seems to come through in this very, very fast-paced world. Whereas if we were truly to go back and be connected to what it is to be human, which is about being, we would stop every day and reflect and say, well, perhaps today I'm going to be provocative or I'm going to be challenging or I'm going to be more caring or compassionate. So I just think that, you know, we have in fact created human versions of robots by being so caught up in the doing and, and less aware and attached to the importance of being. Yeah, and great to, you know, what, I mean, what really sits as we talk about these sorts of conversations is really just starting to consciousness, consciously step in and make choices about what I choose to do, um, how I choose to be and show up. And, you know, that's certainly, for both of us, a real key part of our message in our work. So thank you for being here today, Mark. Great as always to talk about. A few more ideas about some great conversations that we can have uh, coming up. I noted down as we had that chat and look forward to talking with you again. My pleasure, Kate. Always great to talk and I hope uh, this will be useful for the listeners. Thank you. Hey, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to the Real Leadership Podcast. If you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, why not share it with your friends? And in the meantime, check out our websites. The Young Professional Women of Australia is www.ypwa.com.au and for myself, Mark Labusk, it's marklabusk.com. And while you're there, check out my book, Being Human. Get ready for the next podcast, which is going to be all about that tricky subject of trust. But in the meantime, keep your leadership real, people.